0: be having some technical difficulties. I don't know. I think that's how you're supposed to say that, isn't it? Technical difficulties. Something like that anyway. Uh, I want to slow down. I'm always in a hurry. And I want to slow down. I don't know whether you've got one of these sheets or not, but this is a diagram of the feast of the the Lord. And they're out in Leviticus chapter 23. We're going to be looking at Last week we started on this and we're going to get right back into it today and I'm going to jump some and then move pretty quick. But in Leviticus 23 in verse number six, it says on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread. Now we said some things last week about unleavened bread that it is, uh, leaven in the Bible speaks of uh, evil and false doctrine and sin. Leaven in the Bible, that's what it speaks of, okay? Okay. Genesis 19, before you ever get to Exodus, when it talks about the Feast of Unleavened Bread, or before you ever get to any of that, the angels came to Lot's house in Sodom. And guess what Lot prepared for those angels? Unleavened bread. What does that tell you? That Lot knew the truth about this issue. Now, leaven is, uh, We last week we had the, uh, by the way, could somebody, yeah, they've got sheets back there. If you need one, just raise your hand. They're good. Karen, they're right here in the center, they need some right there. Karen, I, I, could somebody find the unleavened bread again? I'm, I'm sorry. Could they do that? But I, it'll be important to me. But we said last week to be real quick. Now, first of all, the, the Passover feast was first. That was the first of seven feasts. These seven feasts are a picture of eternity or, or of time and eternity of God's working in and among men. And the feast to the Passover speaks of your redemption, your salvation and where the blood was shed. I want to say something to you. That's the first thing that's got to happen to you. Amen. Now you, you got to keep them in order because the Passover, you get saved first and then you have the unleavened bread situation. <coughs> Pray for my throat. Now leaven is, is yeast. Leaven is yeast. And my wife makes homemade bread and, uh, and that, she puts yeast in it and it swells that bread up. All right. Now what's in that bread? It was like that. Now it's like that. What's in it? Hot air. And you, you, you get fully. Leaven is hot air. Amen. you be full of yourself. But anyway, Jesus is pictured as unleavened bread in the Bible. When we take communion, we use unleavened bread. Right. That unleavened bread, they'll have some of it up here in a little bit. It has holes in it representing that Christ was pierced. It has stripes on it that by his stripes were healed. And... Um, And it has no leaven in it. Unleavened bread has no leaven. That means that he has no sin in him. All right. Now we have a savior that's unleavened. There's no sin in him. When we get saved, God wants us to get the sin out of our life. Now, we're going to go to uh, uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 33, guys, if you'll put that up, if we can, and if you can't, don't worry about it, but get your Bibles. Thank you very much. Right here's a piece of unleavened bread. I'm going to take it out. If you were in communion this morning, they'd break this up, but when you take this, there's a reason for this. This is unleavened bread, has no yeast, in it. And, and what happens is that yeast, if when you make the dough, it causes that bread to swell up, Okay. This does not have that in it. This is a picture of Christ. No sin in him, leaven, the holes, the picture of being pierced, the stripes, by his stripes were healed. It's a picture, and when we eat it, it's a picture of receiving Christ. You don't take communion without being saved. Amen. All right? You, you don't do that. But this is a picture of it. Now, my wife makes it homemade bread, and it's, it's swole up and got air in it and so forth, and it's good. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Now we're going to look, I'm going to move pretty quick uh, on this, get past the Passover feast. we got one of them working here. Uh, You folks over there can't see that. Anyway, so we got, there's one thing I want to get down here. In the Old Testament from Genesis 19 into Exodus, Leviticus, and other passages, God talks about unleavened bread. When you get to the New Testament in the Gospels, Jesus talks about leaven and unleavened bread. When you get into the epistles, the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 talks about unleavened bread. Very important subject in the Bible. So first of all, the first feast is Passover. The next one is unleavened bread. Just make sure that you don't, unleavened bread is not, you don't. You don't get leaven out to be saved. You get leaven out, evil, sin, false doctrine out because you are saved. Keep that in mind. Make sure you understand that. Now, in Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to look at, I want everybody to turn, I want to tell you this is one of the most powerful things to me in the Bible about the wisdom and the knowledge of Jesus Christ concerning your walk with God and concerning history itself and what would happen. Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 33. Does everybody there say amen? amen? Boy, that was kind of okay, but not the best. But anyway, we'll go ahead. Chapter 13, verse 33 says, Another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto what, everybody? Leaven. Leaven, Which a what? Woman took and hid. Look at that. I want you to get every verse in this, every word he says here. Hid in three measures of meal. Till the whole was leavened. All right? So here's what you've got. He said, the kingdom of heaven. Now you say, Reggie, what's the kingdom of heaven? Well, in this reference right here, the kingdom of heaven is what we would call the profession, uh, what would constitute all of Christendom. Okay, it doesn't mean that uh, there's a lot of things that goes into in. If you get over, there's some folks here from Romania originally. Where are you at? Over there. All right, in Romania, what is the? Uh, what is the Greek Orthodox? Is that the main religion over there? They're shaking their head. Yes. Greek Orthodox broke off from Roman Catholicism, right? Many a long time ago, way back. And they have the things up on the wall. What they call those? Icons. Icons on the wall of, of uh, prophets and people and so forth. And they worship them. Is that right? Yeah. They worship them. Now, like the Catholicism, they worship Mary and bow down to images and so forth. Eastern Orthodox, does; they worship the icons and the religious people that they you know, elevate in their own minds. When you're talking about Christianity, okay, it encompasses a lot of stuff. How many denominations is there in America? Somebody tell me. Too many. <laughs> yeah, amen. There's a bunch of them. All right. And uh, there's just so when we're talking about this, we're talking about this encompassing Christendom right here. Okay. Now I want you to notice some things here. He said in the kingdom of heaven there and he said that he said it's like leaven evil. Now watch this. He said in this kingdom of heaven a woman would take leaven false doctrine and evil and she would take it to a Deal of meal that you would make bread out of, and she would hide it in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then it said, "Till the whole was leavened, it would affect the entire Christendom." I'm going to show you this morning how Jesus Christ foreknew what would happen to people involved in, to the world in this sense. Now, eleven, as I said, speaks of sin and false doctrine and evil. A woman in the Bible, as opposed to a virgin. The church is talked about as a virgin. Okay? The church is talked about as when, by the time we're done at the judgment seat of Christ, it'll be without spot and be without blemish. But a woman in the Bible is always, in a bad sense, a a female that is out of place and producing false doctrine. and, And by the way, Jezebel is a picture in the Bible. You can take her clear on into the book of Revelation as a picture of a false church. The church is the bride of Christ. Satan has a false bride. And he'll make her look like she's what Christ has. So this woman, this false religion, this false doctrine, is evil, takes this false doctrine, this evil, and puts it into the meal. Does anybody know what the meal speaks of? Word Word of God. And it speaks particularly, too, of the doctrine of Christ, who is the bread of life. Now... She took this, this leaven and she hid it in three measures. Jesus goes into Matthew chapter 30. Uh, uh, we're going to look further. During in the Gospels, he's going to tell exactly who these three measures are. Now, the meal, if you go back to the Old Testament, was the food for priests in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, all believers are priests. Yeah. Did you know there were people burned at the stake for this doctrine? Yes, sir. There were people burned at the stake and fed the lions because they believed in the priesthood of the believer. You have access to God through Jesus Christ, our high priest. You don't have to go through a man. You don't have to call me up and say, hey, Reggie, I'd like to talk to God today. Could you talk to God for me? No. And that's where Roman Catholicism says, Watch this. You'll, you'll start spotting the evil and the false doctrine that's been put into the meal as we go through here now. So the she this woman hid these three measures in there. The meal was the food for priests, and it said till the whole was leaven. And it knocks me out. What's coming? I want you to go now, guys, to Mark chapter eight. And boy, if you don't, if you're not where you can see it on the wall, please turn in your Bible to these. I'm going to talk about the first thing that can come into a church and into a Christianity. Mark chapter eight and verse number fifteen. Mark chapter 8 and verse number 15. Pray for me. Uh, I, I don't want to sound spiritual here, but I mean, tell you, i am been in spiritual warfare. If I had my way, I'd just walk to the back side of my farm and sit on a log and talk to God. I did that yesterday and some quite a bit. But I tell you what, God's people need to be fed. And just pray for me that God will help me and strengthen me, and everything's just fine. I tell you, aren't you glad we've got the high king of heaven? Amen. Boy, I tell you, this world's a mess. Look at chapter 8 and verse number 15. And he charged them, saying, What's this? Jesus talking, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. He's going to take exactly the three measures. We're going to get to the other one pretty soon. The first one we want to look at is the leaven of the Pharisees. God's saying this. Beware. Now, I'm going to tell you right now. I walk up to your house and it says, beware dog. I ain't coming through the gate. Amen. Amen. Here a while back, I went to a place and I got out. We're going to open the gate. And I mean, a dog big as an elephant. It looked at me like jumped up on top of the gate. Like, roar, 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 roar. But I'll tell you what, I didn't go in. Amen. Amen. I obeyed the sign. Beware. You know what's funny to me? We'll talk. We'll be more concerned about beware and a dog than we are of hell. We'll be more concerned about beware of a dog than we were about something that's going to mess us up and ruin our families and ruin our church and ruin our life. Jesus, you ought to just get your concordance out sometime and check how many times he said beware. That means you better watch out. You better perk up your ears. You better be on the look. You better be alert to what's going on or they're going to to tear your life apart. And right here's one of them that can tear your life apart. He said this would come into the church. First of all, the leaven of the Pharisees. You say, Reggie, what is the 11 of the Pharisees. First of all, it's hypocrisy. Those Pharisees, they like to wear a backward collar. Amen. They like to wear a backward collar, put that collar up like this here, you know, and they go around in the hospital and you go, oh my goodness, there's a holy man. They put a hood. That little gal, she'll run around. She'll put a robe on, and she'll have this. I got so tickled that the Saint John's Hospital. It's called Mercy now. Back when I was a boy, when I, when I first started preaching, you go up there. Don't tell me my hair's messed up. It's messed up all the time. <laughs> anyway. When you go up there, they always had those statues of the nuns. Yeah. Right. And they was all like this right here and like that there. And they'd have pictures of the nuns who started the hospital up there. And, you know, and that's wonderful. But now they've got a statue. How many has been to Mercy Hospital recently? You walk in there in that front part, they've got a new statue of the nun. She doesn't have her habit on. Right. Wow. She's got a flowing dress on. She's like this. Right. Wow. They took the habit off. Why? Because they're having a hard time recruiting nuns. How many of you girls want to be a nun? (laughs) Anybody want to volunteer today? They're having a hard time getting nuns, having a hard time getting priests. Right now, most of the Catholic churches in the area here are, are, are taken care of by foreigners, foreign Roman Catholic priests. I've done funerals with them. And uh, if you do a Catholic funeral, they'll have the, the, ca- the Catholic priest. Hardly ever now will be uh, 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 not someone but, but most like foreign born. OK, now here's what I'm getting to. Hypocrisy is external, externalism. Yeah. You know how to dress right. You know how to talk right. You know how to act. But your heart is far from God. You know, you, know how, you, you know what's right. You know what looks good. But let me tell you about the, the Pharisee, the leaven I see in it. It's hypocrisy, but it's also pride and it's self-righteousness. In Galatians chapter 2, verses 4-6, let let's just say something flat, flat out. Ex- externalism, self-righteousness, and hypocrisy is not just in a Roman Catholic church. It's in Protestantism thick or in Bible-believing churches, if, whatever you want to call it. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. You get in Galatians chapter 2. Take your Bible there, Galatians chapter 2. And I want to show you something. Now, I know I've said this stuff before. If you've heard me preach once, you've heard me a thousand times, right? Yeah. But anyway, Paul's talking about the fact that there were some of these hypocrites and these these externalists, these self-righteous Pharisees were saying that, oh, you said you got saved, but if you didn't get circumcised, does that look pretty good on me or not? Does that look pretty cool? I know she, my wife's probably saying, turn your collar down. Down, turn your collar down. Anyway, but that uh, it, the, the externalism will cause you to have an attitude that you are superior spiritually to other people. Yep. And so they were saying, All right, you got saved. Well, did you get circumcised? No. It's like the church, church Christ saying, Did you get saved? Yeah, but we have been baptized. No. Well, you ain't saved then. Yeah. They're adding works to salvation. They're adding works to grace. And that's one of the marks of a Pharisee. So anyway, they come up here in Galatians chapter two. Now watch this. This is so funny. Now I want to tell you a little secret. Some of you know, I hate to tell you this. You came to church here and if you're hearing me preach today. I've never been ordained. I do not have a license. Amen. By the way, you tell, the, you tell me in the Bible. Now I've been ordained of God, Amen. but I've not been ordained by a denominational group. Okay, so I just want you to know, I'm just being honest with you, I I don't say that's good or bad, whatever, but I will tell you this, look look at what God even warns out in Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 4. Verse number 3 says, and neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren. Watch this. False brethren, unawares, brought in, who came in privileged to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might do something, bring us into bondage. And telling you that if you don't do this and this and this and this, you're not saved. All right, now, let me just tell you about salvation. If I don't if you've placed your, I'm talking about heart work now, and your heart, you've repented of your sin, you've come to God for mercy, you've believed on the shed blood of Jesus Christ, you've received Him as your Savior, you believed on His death, burial, and resurrection, God saves you, period. Apart from all the other religious gizmos there is in the United States, amen. I don't need anything else but Jesus, amen. And so I'm saying, so here they're having a conference. You ever been to a conference? And this is what got me when I was a young preacher. I thought, well, somebody talks to you you ought to go to a conference, you ought to go to a conference. So I went to the conferences. Here's what happens. It says, uh, Paul said, to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour. Paul said, they come here saying, that you, well, you've got to be circumcised or you're not saved. Paul said, I didn't give, I didn't, I didn't put up with that, not an hour. All right? That the truth of the gospel might continue with me. Now watch verse number six. But of these who seem to be somewhat. <laughs> A Pharisee, leaven can get into a church with somewhats. Right now, I'm going to peel your, peel your toenails back. Hang on to your seats, all right? <laughs> well, don't you know my name's Reg Kelly? And don't you know the Kellys are somewhat in church? Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to write a letter to my children. It hadn't been easy to be Reg Kelly's son, or Reg, <laughs> to have Reg Kelly as your dad. A lot is expected, you know, my, I, I, I don't even know my, I know I don't know the garbage that they put up with. Okay. All right. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm no better than anybody in this church, amen. even though I'm your pastor. Amen. Say amen right there. Amen. I ain't somewhat. Right. I ain't no big shot. I'm a, I'm a, I am ai should have been in hell. Amen. I mean, I can't even remember somebody's name. Amen. But here's the deal. We got a seat. Well, they get, they come in there and they say, brother, would you come up and sit on the platform? Bill, here's brother so-and-so. Oh, brother so-and-so is here tonight. Brother so-and-so come up here and sit on the platform. And then they get up to the preach. They say, well, before we have brother so-and-so to come, I'm going to tell you a few things about him. He graduated, blah, 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 blah. He graduated from blah, 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 blah. He has a doctor's degree in blah, blah, blah. And what are they doing? They're puffing him up. They're putting leaven in him, puffing him up to make him think he's somebody. The Bible said, "If a man thinks himself to be something, he's nothing." Let me tell you something about Phariseeism. It can get in you, and you can think you're somebody. Hey, I'm gonna tell you something right now. I've seen a lot of this to, to leaven of the Pharisees in home education families. Oh, we home educate. Right. It has gotten more than you'll imagine. You better be careful about it. Amen. I'll tell you what you can do. You can be. You can go to Liberty Faith Church. I'll go to Liberty Faith Church. That don't make you nobody. Amen. Hey, let's get rid of the 11. Amen. amen. I am a sinner saved by the grace of Almighty God and nothing more. Amen. amen. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Go ahead. He, they, those somewhats, they're b- b- putting their chest out and we've got it all over the United States. They come in. Oh, he's a local superintendent of the denominational this. and He's the denominational that. And he's this big shot. and He's that big shot. And you know what they're really doing? They're putting controls on preachers. You don't get to preach unless you line up with us. And you only preach what we tell you to preach or you ain't preaching. You line up with our denominational line or you're going nowhere fast. Do you know why? Let's just get honest. Do you know why there's about 10 or 12 preachers sitting in this church house this morning who don't have a church to preach in? It's because denominationals, you know I'm telling you the truth. If you don't line up with them, they'll not have you in their church. Right. Am I telling you the truth or not? Yep. Some of you have been out there already, and you've You maybe not tried out for a church, but you presented yourself. They maybe wanted you to come, and then they set, have to the set down in the back room with the big boys. Right. And then they start asking you this, that, and the other, and they find out that you're not going to let them bring you into, you know, you're not going to be a somewhat with them. Yeah. And it's all over with. Well, we can't use you here. Right, yeah. Won't you just? not they just tell the truth? We can't use you because we can't control you. Yeah. Amen. 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 Go to Luke eighteen eleven. I'll show you a Pharisee. Hey, you can you can get Pharisaical about believing the King James Bible is the Word of God. Yes, right, yeah. You can get arrogant and proud and cocky. Yeah. Like nobody else in the world amounts to m- 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 anything, and they're stupid. Amen. Here comes eighteen, verse number eleven. Uh, let's go to. Uh, I think I've got the right one. Eighteen, verse number eleven. Where am I? No, that ain't one. I need to verse the verse, passage, of scripture about the the, the the Pharisee who came into church. Does anybody know where that's at? Find that for me. But anyway, you know what he did. First of all, he went to church. He went to church. They find it. Yeah, Luke eighteen ten. Oh boy. Well, you know why I ain't found it? Because I'm in Matthew. <laughs> Man, that don't work, amen? <laughs> Luke 18, All right. And he spake this parable unto them, which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Yeah. Two men went up in the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a publican. Not notice, not a Republican. <laughs> Come on, laugh, have a little bit of fun here today. All right, you know, it ain't the end of the world. (laughs) Number 11, the Pharisee stood and prayed, thus how? With With himself. Boy, I like it. God, I thank thee that I am not as others, as other men are. Boy, I thank God I ain't like other people. Oh, and hang on to your seats. Oh God, I thank Thee that liquor has never touched these lips. Yeah. Oh God, I thank thee that I have never smoked a joint. Oh I thank thee, God, I'm not like those filthy sinners out there. Oh God, how I thank thee that I've never been divorced. My wife is so fortunate. A bunch of women's going, no, he's not. (laughs) No, she's not. (laughs) He gets up and starts thinking, God, he ain't like everybody else. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this publican. Uh, Watch this. Now, he he goes to church regularly. Yeah. Now, notice know the next thing. He fasts twice a week. Come in here, fast twice a week. I don't. Yeah. This guy, he fasts twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. I mean, this guy. Is, is anybody? How, how many thinks that most preachers would love to have him come into church? <laughs> he does every week. amen. mean, Pharisees. Eleven Gets into a church. And first thing you know, well, this is so funny this morning. I can't believe we did this. Just this morning. Have you noticed the new, beautiful new addition we have? Yeah. <laughs> have, you, <laughs> have you noticed those stained glass windows? All the 12 apostles in the stained glass windows? That cost $562,000. <laughs> we haven't given Sunday next Sunday. <laughs> Hey, I, 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 there's a true story down in Arkansas happened. This is kind of an interesting story. Now, when we started this church, we went in debt, but then I learned I shouldn't do that, and I sure didn't want to be a pastor, and we got out of debt, and then we couldn't. And so we don't, we don't borrow money. We don't, no, we don't owe no bank nowhere, nothing here, okay? But this church built a brand-new church down in Arkansas, and they decided they had a debt, and they decided to have a giving Sunday, and when they had giving Sunday, they raised $38,000, a lot of money. And they were thrilled. But the pastor did something. After they gave, he asked them to come up and ask God to multiply that. And here's why he said that. And this right blew me away. And I ain't doing this because they owed a million on it. You preachers, don't you ever take a church in debt like that. You meet in a storefront before you do that kind of stuff. But do you know what? That whole church came forward and prayed and said, God, we've got ourselves in debt. We'd like for you to pay this thing off. And a man wrote him a check the next week for 1500000 and paid that church off. That was grace, buddy. That's mercy. They're trying to do something. You know, we can all do things wrong, make a mistake. But I'll tell you something, God, God had mercy on that church, amen? So anyway, he goes down through it. And so he said, the publican standing so far for not so much lifted besides heaven, smote his breast, saying, God be merciful to the sinner. And so there's these two guys. One of them, he's a Pharisee. And he just strutting around talking about how holy he is. I'm going to tell you something. All of us should have been in hell. It's just by the mercy of God that we're not. He tied. Now you say, Reggie, what is the love of the Pharisee? In in the hypocrisy was this the pride. It puffs up, makes us full of ourselves and our nothingness. Has anybody besides me ever had trouble with pride in your life? I want to tell you something. It's all over America. Pride is being full of ourselves. And when we're full of ourselves, we have no room for anybody else. Pride manifests itself in a sense of superiority. Can I tell you something? We didn't beat Japan because they were Japanese and we were Americans. We beat them because God had mercy upon us. We have a pride manifests itself in a spirit of superiority. I'm better than other people. Intellectually. That's why we put all these letters behind us, you know, and we want everybody to know our degrees and stuff. I'm not against education, but I'm against getting puffed up because you have an education. Physically, you know what, you know what the greatest, this is just, well, pancake this thing out. The biggest battle that young ladies have, not just in this church, but across the country is the comparison of themselves to what the world calls Beauty. is making more girls unhappy, Amen. dissatisfied with God and themselves than anything I know. Right. But, the, but I'm going to tell you something. What I've seen and noticed, if you're not very good looking, you ought to stop right now and say, Lord, I thank you that I'm not real pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I thank you that I'm not real worldly pretty. Because I'm going to tell you what I've noticed. And I'm going to beat on the girls here for a little bit, but the guys are just as guilty. And I'm not beating on you, okay? I'm sorry, I should have said that. But I'm going to say this. I've seen girls that were in the world's eyes beautiful, mm-hmm. facially, bodily, and most of the time they're so stinking full of pride I feel sorry for the guy that marries them. Right. Yep. They think they're God's gift to women, yeah. Yeah. and it puffs them up and they become hellcats to live with. That's right. The moral of that story is, boys, marry a girl with a big pimple on her cheek. (laughs) I'm just kidding you. We get puffed up physically, our beauty, appearance, our physical strength, our physical abilities. Puffed up spiritually, we know a lot of Bible. Puffed up morally because we've not done this or that. Puffed up financially, we've got money. I do not know of anything that can destroy a man any quicker than a lot of money. Very few people can honestly handle very much money. It runs them, and it runs them fast, and they don't even know they're run- They can't even see what it's done to them. We, we think we're superior racially to people. We think our ability, our talents, our skills, our birth, our opportunities, whatever it may. You know what God says? What hast thou that thou didst not receive? And why boastest thou as if thou hadst not received it? Everything you have is a gift of God. Amen? Amen. God is no respecter of persons. We are what we are by the grace of God. All ground is level at the cross. The leaven of pride swells our heart with deception. It makes us self-important toad frogs sitting on our little kingdom of hot air. Our pride trods other people down as we attempt to climb to the top. Our pride loves to hear an evil report about those that we don't like or that we envy or despise. Pride is the poison of the soul that's manifests itself in so many ways you can't even list it in an hour's message. Pride leads to idolatry, the desire of a God of our own making. Pride leads to adultery. I don't need you anymore. I don't need my spouse. I don't need anybody. I can leave and live without you and without the children. Pride is the acid that sours the sweet fruit of the Spirit of God in our lives. Pride is the weeds that overtake and crowd out what God of wood have produced in our lives. Pride is what God Eve in the garden. You shall be as God. You don't have to ask God how to live. You can tell God how he's going to be. Pride opens the doors to devils. The Sodomites, have you ever noticed, now watch this, hang on to your hat a little bit. Did you ever notice that these Sodomites call it pride pride parades, pride this and pride that and pride everything? That tells you immediately without question, it's out of the bowels of hell. Amen. It opens the doors to devils. Pride is what caused Lucifer to be cast down from the throne of God. Pride, the Bible said, everyone, watch this, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination before God. Pride goeth before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Haman was hung on the gallows because his pride got him there. Nebuchadnezzar ate grass like an ox because his pride got him there. Pharaoh was, became fish food in the, in the Red Sea because of his pride. Herod, in his great speech in the book of Acts, was eaten by worms because of his pride. Pride will destroy your marriage. Pride will destroy your home. Pride will destroy your business. Pride will destroy a church. If we get to thinking we're somebody special, I'm telling you something, we get to thinking we're, we're, we're a little bit higher spiritually than other people. and we're, Pride will, is, is destroying this nation. Pride will destroy any ministry. God says that he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Pride will take you to hell. I want to tell you something right now. Have you ever bowed before Jesus Christ? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever got on your knees before Jesus Christ? Have you ever confessed him as king of kings and lord of lords? Have you ever confessed him as your savior? Have you ever said, God, be merciful"? Do you know what the other man prayed when he's at the temple with the Pharisee? The other man said, God, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Mm-hmm. Have you ever said that? Did you know you don't hear anybody say that anymore? Right. Nobody says, be merciful to me, a sinner. When's the last time you admitted to God you're a sinner? Mm-hmm. When's the last time you really got honest about yourself and said, Lord, I am a sinner? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, if you've never recognized you're a sinner, what do you need a Savior for? Amen. Amen. Your pride will take you to hell. That's right. You say, I ain't getting on my knees. I, I don't want to, I, you're, I'm, watch this. Churches are full of people who are too proud to get out of their seat and come and pray. They're too proud to raise their hands and worship God. Too proud to do anything. Worried about what everybody else thinks about us. The second one right now I'm going to run. The first one is the 11 of Pharisee. Jesus said beware of it. It'll take you down. It'll ruin your life. We can be proud of our car, our truck our house, our job. The second one is Sadducees. I want you to go to Matthew 22. Matthew chapter 22, verse number 23. The same day came to him the Sadducees, which say that there's no resurrection, and ask him, saying, Master, Moses said, if a man die and have no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his, unto his brother. Now there were seven brothers. You talk about a stupid deal coming up this presupposition of some, some guy wearing, marrying seven brothers. You say, Richard, what's the pride? See, the Sadducees, now watch this. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. Neither did they believe in angels. Everybody listening? Yeah. Hang on right here because I'll show you. There is pride in churches. Right. Pride and family. There's Phariseeism. Okay. But there's also Sadduceeism, which is the second measure. When Jesus said there's three measures of it, the second is Sadducee. That's skepticism. Skepticism concerning the Scriptures. They did not believe in the resurrection. If you read that whole passage, Jesus had to go back and teach them and said, You do error, watch this, not knowing the Scriptures. Not only did they not know them, but they didn't believe what they knew. There is a resurrection. Now, you say, Reggie, how does this. Affect us. Skepticism concerning the scriptures and the supernatural. Bible correctors and rewriters are modern day Sadducees. They're skeptic about people are skeptic about creation. Come on. They're skeptic about the preservation of the Bible. Modern liberals and in, in religion, they exercise human reasoning above the word of God. They make the Bible subject to their minds. Science falsely so called. You're not going to like this, but if you want to check me out, you go do it. Andy Stanley is the son of Charles Stanley. Andy Stanley has a lot of people listening to him because of his dad's ministry. He got up recently and said that there is no conflict between evolution and creation. And he literally d- just threw Genesis out. I mean, I've listened to him. I'm not, I'm not saying somebody told me this. I have watched and listened to what he said. He does not believe the Bible. That's modern day skepticism. Or that, you know what? When somebody says to you, a better translation would have been, what is that? Skepticism. What was it? Satan said to Eve, yea, hath God said. It's skepticism. You don't really believe God's word. God says, husband, love your wife. That's just not nice, something he filled the page with. Wives be in submission to your own husbands, the sons of the Lord. God just, God just said that. He needed something to fill that rest of that page up with. Skepticism. I wonder how skeptical you are this morning. Yep. Amen. They take away the authority of God's word. Now here's one I'm going to tell you something. Watch this. Skepticism, watch this, is leaven. Yeah. The leaven by a woman, false Church, false prophets, false teachers, was put into the meal yeah. and it spread throughout the whole thing. The leaven of skepticism in America started in about the 1880s and 1890s with what 's called the the revised standard version. Yeah. Then it moved on up into the 1950s, 60s to the NIV and all these other versions. Now, what did they do? Did you know that right now? I'm going to show you what I was preaching. I was the second year I was preaching. I was in a church preaching. And when I was sitting there before I preached, Bill, they had Sunday school quarterlies in the, in the songbook racks. I just happened to take one out. I looked at it. And guess what? Now, this is back would be back in about 83. On one side of the quarterly, they had the King James Version. On the other side, they had the NIV. And I realized what they're doing. The leaven is in this church. Mm -hmm. And they're moving these people from the authorized version to the NIV. And this was done all over America. Do you know how hard, do you know why there's people listening online this morning? Because they can't find a church that preaches and teaches out of the King James Bible. Right, right. and a little leaven has leavened the whole lump. And I'm, now people will argue and fuss with you and just all kind and think you're some kind of a crazy idiot if you believe God preserved his word. Yeah. But the whole Christendom kingdom of heaven deal, is infected now with the leaven of the Sadducees, which is skepticism because if you follow those other versions, then you've got to admit, if you're honest, you've got to admit, God did not keep his word. God knocks out of both sides of his mouth. God's a liar and you can't trust him. Yeah. And if you don't know, you've you, you got to be honest. Amen. Amen. They don't say the same things. Right. They don't teach the same things. There are major, major issues on the blood, on salvation, redemption, deity of Christ, everything. Right. Amen. And what has it done? It was hid in the meal. Yeah. And the leaven of the Pharisees has infected the entire Church of America now. Amen. Go to a Bible college. It's infected. Right. They're slick as mole. old. Yeah. Right. First of all, they've got you sitting in a submissive, subjective position. You're supposed to learn from me. Do right. you know what the Bible said? When you listen, and I'm going to say this to you. I've said it probably a hundred times before. You sit in this church, you listen to me preach, you compare what you heard preached to the Bible. Amen. And if it doesn't match the Bible, you believe the Bible, don't believe me. Amen. Any preacher who wants to put his mind above the Bible is a danger to you. Amen. And God knows that this stuff has infected, this leaven has infected the entire church. I want to ask them, has not the church been infected with the leaven of Phariseeism in America? There are churches that won't even look. Can I just, Jeremy and and Michael and Josh and all you guys, there are churches that won't even look at you because you don't have a degree. They wouldn't even consider you They're laughing stock. It doesn't matter that you believe the Bible. You don't have our degree from our seminaries. right, man. Phariseeism, leaven has infiltrated it. Amen. Amen. Sadduceeism, we can't trust the Bible. Yeah, that's right. They put their mind in their experience. Let me give you a little more Sadduceism Sadduceeism that a lot of people don't want to talk about. You go into a church, and Catherine Kuhlman's up there, and she's going on. And first of all, people follow Catherine Catholic Kuhlman back there, and you ain't supposed to be a woman preacher. That's against the Bible. Amen. A bishop must be the husband. Now, you know what? She was a transgender. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 Just well, be, she was being. She was practicing transgenderism. A bishop must be. Must be. Not an option. Not could be. Must be the husband of one wife. Yeah, right. That's right. And yeah. But that leaven got in there. And Catherine Cooman stopped all of a sudden. She said, I just had a, the, the Holy Ghost just spoke to me. There's somebody sitting out there that's got a toe that's hurting him. You come forward right now, God's going to heal your toe hurting. They come up there. And, you know, and half those deals with setups. Yep. You've used to, you check history out. Be people come out later and talk about how they were paid and told what to do and how to act and all that stuff. Just recently up here at Springfield. As a woman whose toe's supposed to grow it out, anybody see it? Yeah, I'm not going to name the church. You can probably guess. And her toes. Supposed to, funny thing about it is, everybody's got cell phones. Nobody recorded it. And Springfield newspaper even asked him for evidence. But let me tell you what's going on. There are people who go into church, and you preach the Bible at them, they get puffed up and mad. Yep. But when they see somebody's toad girl, go oh, oh God, oh Holy Ghost, a toad girl. <laughs> they put their experience over the Word of God. Amen. 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 Good. Slap them. Come on, boy. Keep praying. Come on. You're gonna be filled with the Holy Ghost. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Yeah. What language are you speaking in? Oh no, but I got it. Don't tell me I didn't get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm all for you speaking in tongues. You just tell me which language you're speaking in because Acts chapter two, when the Holy Spirit came down yeah. and that miracle was performed, they said, how here we met every man speaking our own tongue wherein we were born. Amen. And they were gathered there, by the way, at the feast of Pentecost, which is the feast. They were gathered there from all the nations, Jewish people and God gave, watch this. The tongues in the Bible is the supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit for you to be able to speak in a language of people that you did not know. Amen. So they can hear the gospel. Amen. It wasn't about you pharisaical, oh, I speak in tongues and filled the Holy Ghost. How about you? Why haven't you been filled up? With... That's pharisaism. That's pride. It's killing this country. Amen. Put their experience about the word of God. It's all over this country. And then finally, let me give you this because this is the one we're the worst at. He said there's three measures. Leaven the Pharisees, hypocrisy, pride, self-righteousness, sadness, skepticism. You put experience above the Word of God. And you put your mind above the Word of God. And then there's the Herodians. Now, where'd they get their name from? From the King Herod, the Herodians. You say, Reggie, what is the leaven of the Herodians? Go to Mark chapter 8 and verse number 15. Now, I'm going to tell you what this morning. You may not like me. I know that I've got, I've got people who hates my guts all over this country. Please, listen to me. Hey, listen to me. I've got people who hates my guts. I mean, I literally have said I hate the ground he walks on. Okay? I know that I don't have the best personality and the best way of preaching. And I understand that I can come across crude and rude. And I don't really mean to. But if you try it for a while, see what you can do. I don't know. I'm just doing the best I can. But the one thing you can't accuse me of not doing is not feeding you the word of God and not being honest with you. And I don't try to put myself above you and think that I'm better than you are. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Right here's one of them that's, going to, that's gotten us in the churches. It's the, the leaven of Herodias, Mark chapter 8, number 15. What I'm trying to say is this. What you're hearing this morning is probably the most important message you may hear for the next 12 months. Because God said that this leaven, three measures, gets into the meal, it gets into the kingdom of heaven, and it leavens the whole lump, and it ruins the work of God. And that is serious, and that's why God said, beware. 8.15 He charged him saying take heed beware, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod I want you to go to Luke 23 and I want to show you something this while. Oh, Herod he's kind of religious old feller the Bible said he liked old John the Baptist he liked to hear him preach yeah he said, man, I'll tell you what, old John the Baptist, he gets ripping and or snorting, man, I like, old John the Baptist, I like old John the Baptist. But when his daughter had a birthday party, and when John, John was preaching one Sunday, and said, Herod, it's not lit right, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias, Herod's wife, hated him from that point on. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I love women, my mama's a woman, my wife's a woman, my girl's are women. But I'm gonna tell you this church has had more damage from Herodias's than any one thing over the years. A woman gets ticked, she'll get ticked at me, and she'll start poisoning her husband. Yeah, that's how it works. Exactly how it works. <laughs> and I've seen it over and over again. And I'm gonna tell you something right now. You men, I'm gonna maybe, I don't know if you're gonna pray about, it, preach about five messages on biblical manhood. And I'm going to tell you, we're never going to have revival in this country till the men start being biblical men again and leading their homes and being what they ought to be before Almighty God. And that's not some bull in the china closet. I'm talking about godly, kind, loving, but firm and authoritative husbands that lead their homes and, and do not let their wife inject leaven into the home. Amen. I just, that's just the way it is. We, you, we know why we're in a mess everywhere men act like sissies, every portrayal of men across this country, they act like wimps and sissies, queers. Makes me sick. Makes God sick. Luke chapter 23, verse eight. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad. Woo! I'm going to get to see Jesus. For he was desirous to see him of a long season. He said, man, I've been wanting to see Jesus for a long time. Because he had heard many things about it. Said, man, oh man. Look what it said. And he hoped to have seen some miracle done of him. Hmm. Now, I'm going to go back to the story. Herod had a birthday, and his wife Herodias had a birthday party for their daughter. <clears throat> and she got to dancing. And old Herod got to look and see she was his stepdaughter. Wasn't his physical daughter. And Kenny he got looking at her. She was a dancing. And he pretty soon he whipped her over and said, Hey sweetie, come over here. He said, I'll tell you what to do. He said, "Uh, I'll give you up to half the kingdom. You just tell me what you want. What was he doing? He was doing what your drag queen's doing, he's grooming her. Right. right. Grooming's not new. It's in the Bible. He was trying to buy her affection. In fact, if it is, you know what he was really doing? Does anybody know when you say, I'll give you up to, when the king says, I'll give you up to half the kingdom, what he's saying? I want you for my wife. Yeah. He was fixing to trade off Herodias for her daughter. And yeah. sure he said, I'll give you up to half the kingdom. William. Now, he liked Jesus. He'd heard a lot about him. He'd hoping that Jesus couldn't to see him, that Jesus would do a miracle. He wanted to see a toe He thought, man, I'm going to see something. Now I want you to watch this. This is one of the most powerful things you'll know about what leaven is doing in American churches. <clears throat> Verse number nine. Then he questioned him with, many, with him in many words. But he, Christ, answered him nothing. The leaven of Herod, 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 Herod the Herodian leaven is this. It's worldliness in the church. We're going to have a party. We're going to make everybody feel good. We're going to have the singing ham bones come. We're going to have hot dogs after church. We're going to have a party. we got to have something going all the time. Because if people ain't having a good time, Brother Jerry, they might not. Might not so they, they, they're not going to come to prayer meeting. Who wants to come to prayer meeting? That's dull as last year's razor blades. Yeah. I mean, put out on, how many, when's the last time you've seen an ad in the paper? Come out Wednesday night, we're having prayer meeting at our church. Yeah. Oh, Another ad at the church, having a singing ham bones are coming. They're going to have dinner afterward. How do you want to go? Herodian. We'll oh, well, we're going to have a Christian rock star come. Yeah. And the tickets will be $15 apiece. Yeah, we and three for $12 a piece. But oh, he's bringing his five-piece band with him. Man, we are going to have us one time, Brother Jim. Oh, we love Jesus, but we like to have fun. We like to bring the world to church. So we're going to bring our rock and roll into church. And we're going to bring our country western. And we're going to swing your partner. Turn it into a party you can't entertain them, have stuff to entertain them all the time. They ain't interested here in the preaching God's word and praying. <laughs> right. Worldly fads and fashions. I never will forget, I had been preaching all that long, maybe four or five years. I went to hold a revival meeting at the church and I was sitting about right over there. I think it was two rows. Anyway, I was sitting on the left, kind of on the side. And they had specials. They only had nine that night. You ought to try preaching a revival meeting after nine specials, and you ought to try preaching revival meeting after they've had nine specials with the cassette tape music behind them. Yeah. Now we don't. How many know that we don't play cassette tape music? And I don't have specials up here. And this is no joke. On one of those songs, they got up here and said, "Yeah, you can start tape now." So they started taping. Boom, 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 boom. That's like a you know, New York orchestra. And here comes this scratchy voice that don't meet the orchestra. <laughs> and then he got mixed. Up. I, said, oh, I started again. That went on three or four times. Start the tape again. Yeah. Then pretty soon get this. Then a bunch of girls about, I'd say, nine to 11 years old get up, and they had learned a cheerleading routine at school. <laughs> and they put the tape on. And they'd run across the stage and kick their legs, run across the leg, kick their legs. That's like to get up and try to preach? Now you say, Reggie, how does that kind of garbage get started in the church? Here's how I get started. <laughs> Old Grandpa Reg Kelly, he barely got to church today. He's on his cane. But he's got a granddaughter who's going to get up there and sing a special. And she starts putting her tape and her music on, and it's pretty worldly. Almost sound like Elvis Presley. But it's his granddaughter. Yeah. So he's going to just kind of flip his little mind right there and say, well, it's okay because my granddaughter. And you know Reg is somebody in church. Remember, he's somewhat. And because Reg says it's okay, well then, Lonnie, your, your granddaughter can do it. And the first thing you know, they've got all kinds of stuff coming into church. That's right. That leaven came in. And what used to be a Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church. Yeah. Because they let leaven in, Brother Randy. The first thing now you know. I was going to tell you people over there, you look like you're in a contemporary church. <laughs> it's dark over there. I'm just teaching. Herodian. It's gotten in everywhere. Now, now it's now, it, it just don't mean it's stupid, the stuff that's going on for church. I mean, we've got a rodeo atmosphere, a concert atmosphere, or it's this casual, come in and have coffee and donuts with us. We didn't come to worship God. Just a convenient place to meet and talk about the cattle market and the farm prices and the and stock market. God said that would come in, watch this, it would be leaven, and it would move and infiltrate the entire body. Right. You tell me if it hadn't done it. It's done, it's done it. You go by these churches, and you'll see their their signs that they're showing their services and they'll be up there and there's some old gal up there with skin tight jeans on and they got holes like she's had them for 50 years but she just bought them for $105. And she's up there with a microphone doing this. (laughs) And she's hoping that somebody somewhere will see her potential to be a country western star. That's what she's really doing. Same man right there. That's exactly what's going on. All right, let's stand. Let's go home.